0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to a Random MLB Podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm joined by my friends Greg, my friend Josh. We are back. It has been, I think this might be the longest time in between of podcasts because we didn't didn't really take last week off. We released a podcast late the week before and now we're back here recording on a Monday because we just can't be away for that long. But we actually have a celebrity here today. Because our good friend Gregory, as many of you have seen on our account on our TikTok, it is blowing up. We have people fighting in the comment sections. Our good friend Gregory went to a Phillies game last week and someone ran across the field, not him, but they basically ran directly into his lap. Gregory, how are you? Please tell us what happened. Uh,
1: harrowing experienced, to say the least. Uh, so there we were in the 109 section of the Citizens Bank Park. Um, for those of you uh, not aware, we're down the right field line. right. Got some last-minute tickets. Wanted to see the uh, hometown team play the Marlins. And I'm a Yankees fan. But baseball is baseball. It's a great park to go see a game. Tommy, you already went there this year. great time. So we were sitting uh right along the right field foul line, uh sixth row. Like it was pretty close to the field. Got some good looks at Bryce Harper, and he had a foul ball that came right near us that he caught. So that was cool. So th- there we were, and the game was about in the fifth or sixth inning. It was really dragging, I'll be honest. Like it was a dominant performance uh pitching on both sides. Zach Wheeler had like 10 strikeouts and he was dealing, but they given up about three runs. It was three to one. Kind of dead in the atmosphere, but still. Good game, and then someone like a paratrooper dropping in from the skies dropped in off the left field wall and started running slowly but surely across the field out into the outfield. Not a single security guard in sight, might I add, for this entire thing. So he's running as fast as he can all the way across center field. And I'm my phone's immediately out, I had to film it. It was funny as anything, Uh, but then something clicked in my head. I remembered that now there's nets that go up and down the foul lines pretty much all the way to the wall. Remember that. Pretty much all the way to the outfield wall. We were sitting at the precise corner where the right field foul line net stops. So in my head, as I'm filming, I'm saying, oh, wait a minute. If this guy is going to try to get off on the other side of the field, this is the only place he has to go. And as I'm thinking that, I look up off my phone as I'm filming, and there he is, scaling the fence in front of me to jump over into the seats. Now, the non-existent security guards at Citizens Bank Park appeared out of what seemed like thin air and started mugging this guy into the ground up and across into the seats directly in front of us. So as as I filmed this harrowing experience, all I could do is laugh. And have a, a huge rush of adrenaline go through my veins, and if that wasn't enough, I, I think it was like two batters later, someone else got the idea again, like a paratrooper jumping in from a plane, dropped in off the left field wall. Do we think like,
0: that that the second guy? Do we think the second guy came into it like thinking he was going to storm the field, or he just see the other guy got caught up in the moment? I. I, it was
1: hard to tell, but, you know, if you asked me to put money on it, I would think they were buddies and they had a bet or something. Because here he goes dropping in. And I say dropping in because the left field wall, it's not that tall, but it's its like, you know, it's like about There's 10 some feet to it. up. So There's it's like, height. you, you kind of have to, like, take an impact when you fall off of that thing. But he dropped in, and here we go. He's coming again. I was like, oh, no, we have to clear the run- clear the runway. He's coming for us because this is the only place he can go. So he took a detour. He took a different route. He went right for second base, jumped and stumbled all over it because he was drunk, and then he came running at us again. But this time, he swung to the right a little bit, and the security guards got him in foul territory. The only thing that was stopping him from running straight into the net between us and the dugout was he just tripped over the turf, and the, the, the turf monster got him. Maybe the Phillies fanatically down a little speed bump that you couldn't see, but it got him too, and surprisingly enough, that may have been the thing that saved the day for the Phillies, because in the next inning, all the crowd woke up, and all of the players woke up after hitting like three hits the entire game up to that point, and the Phillies put up a seven spot in the bottom of the eighth. One of the most exciting innings I've ever watched live.
0: We actually had someone, we actually had someone DM the account the other day. I guess it was just by the angle of the video we posted someone's like are you in the blue shirt and it was you greg uh i saw you we saw you because you stand up at the end of the video and i actually sent it when i sent it to people i actually had it sent to me by one of our friends connor and he just literally was like blue shirt and it was like it's you you pop up every video from citizens bank park you pop up in at the end of the video it's kind of funny
1: uh talk about uh getting your your name out there what a what a better way to promote the podcast and say yeah
0: unfortunately you went to the phillies game not wearing your at random mlb stars t-shirt because that could have been free advertising that's
1: true but people would have had to zoom in very very far to see that one but you know you know
0: it's a blown it's a blown opportunity nonetheless that is
1: the kind of baseball we bring you up close and personal, live to the action. That is the kind of voice <laughs> while we are here to provide to you our loyal listeners.
0: You know, if if, if this next podcast has a, a million downloads, Greg and I will storm any field of anyone's choosing <laughs> for a million downloads. We will any cho- You can choose it. We will go there. We will fly out to that stadium, and we will storm the field with a random MLB Stars flag. And that is a promise <laughs> if this episode gets that many downloads.
1: Um, uh, Josh, I'm interested to hear what you think about this one real Greg
0: you you spoiled my opening here because I said we have bigger news today no one really cares about us and our hiatus the big news is that Josh is back after a long hiatus Josh is back Josh we've been waiting to hear you've been quiet this whole time let us know how you've been what are you what are you doing what have you been up to how's everything going and unfortunately once again Josh is (laughs) not with us Again, I do think this might be the last week of No Josh. No, actually, there might be another week of this afterwards. A couple weeks more, and then Josh will be back. I think people are starting to forget who he was.
1: Josh is uh, exploring other opportunities at the moment.
0: (laughs) Josh is on other baseball podcasts.
1: (laughs) He's just doing some tryouts to make sure he really, you know, really loves being here. But you know what? The call Brandon (laughs) LB stars will always be calling and he'll come back.
0: I heard a rumor he called into the 188th most popular baseball podcast in Canada uh, just to see if he can, like, trade up. But, uh, I don't know, it has yet to be confirmed, so let's hope, let's hope he sticks around. But Josh will be back soon. He is not with, you, with us today, or with you. But, luckily, you have Greg and I, and Greg and I are here to talk about gambling. Today, we are here to tell you about some bets that we want to, quarter away through the season, we figured might as well check back in with some bets that we had, some bets that we think are good to go forward, where we talk about like near future, we're talking about futures. Um, we're getting into it, we're, we're real excited. Greg? lead us off what do you got so i
1: have a really big game on my calendar circled and that's tomorrow may 25th is probably when most of you will be listening to this podcast um and it's a doozy we have la dodgers coming into houston by the astros and we got a pitching matchup finally a big pitching matchup that we can all look forward to clayton kershaw versus zach granke now this is going to be a fun one because I think that the Dodgers and the Astros match up pretty well. Aside from being bitter rivals from a few years ago, both of their offenses are really, really productive and they are especially good at creating runs. One of these advanced metric stats, I don't like to point out advanced metrics too often, but the weighted runs created plus WRC Plus for short, is very telling, and both of those teams are pretty much spot on with each other. Astros are number one in the MLB with a 117 WRC Plus, and the Dodgers, while they are at third place with 112 overall, if you take the pitchers out of it, they're actually leading at 120. So these teams know how to create runs. And it's mostly the Astros, right? We have people like Alex Bregman, Michael Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, as much as I hate saying his name. They're they're swinging the bats like they always do. Nothing new to see here. And they're, I, I would say arguably their greatest strength and one of the opposing strengths of the Dodgers is that the Houston Astros are striking out at a very low rate. 17.8% is no not even close to anyone else is the best strikeout rate as batters in baseball, but the third highest pitching strikeout rate at 28.2% belongs to the Dodgers. So there is a lot to like about certain matchups here with the stats, but to, to make the decision on how to bet, I have to give you a little insight into how I bet. So taking it from here, right? Let me look at this last weekend. Some bets that I make are based on a feel. Some are based on name recognition. And some are based at going into the numbers like I'm I'm doing right here. Right. Let me give you a quick example. I had a two-pick parlay this last weekend with the Phillies taking on the Red Sox and the Blue Jays taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. I liked the pitchers in both of those games. I believe it was Zach Wheeler against Boston, and I think against uh, with the Blue Jays and the Rays, I think uh, Robbie Ray was pitching. So when I look at those two games, I say we have a starting pitcher that's going to go out there. If I'm a betting man, which in this situation I very much am,
0: given given the context of the podcast you here you are a betting man here here
1: a betting man am i and i see those names i know i'm getting the quality start nine times out of ten in these situations right if i'm gonna throw money down i have more confidence in them than i do other pitchers right so that's what i was looking for you know you don't have to always go for these long shot complete underdogs to try and make some money a couple quick picks like that and good feelings about teams you're confident in with the pitchers that you're confident in is a good way to make up some ground, make a quick profit. I didn't because the Blue Jays ended up losing later on in the game. But I think post pitchers did okay. So that's a good way, like over time, you're gonna start making a little more money. if you if you stick to the names you know and you stick to the pitchers you know are successful. So that's one thing. The second thing, it's, it's very hard to explain, especially when you say, well, I had a feel for this pick, right? I have a feel for I thought the Yankees were gonna score under seven and a half runs today, right? So it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, and we're in the midst of a sweep of the Detroit Tigers, the New York Yankees were. And I had a hunch that uh, there was a certain game in that series that I thought was going to be a low-scoring affair. I didn't think either team had it in them to put out a lot of runs, and I think a lot of people would have called me a little silly for thinking that the game would be low-scoring because let's look at the facts. The Tigers were getting beat up by literally everybody at that point. They still are. But at that point specifically in the season, they were getting rocked. And the Yankees had enough bats that were starting to come around after their kind of slow April that there's no way that they weren't going to put up five, six, seven a game. So, let alone that, you know, you'd think they could at least scratch across eight combined, right? But sometimes you just have to have the notion. Of the teams that are playing you have to have the notion that look the yankees bats are scary but i've watched them enough to know that they just take days off sometimes or they just not only take days off but they just look clueless sometimes at the plate and as a fan, insert your team here. You you have a gut feeling when you know those days are coming. It's a Saturday night, it's four o'clock, and you have a marquee pitching matchup. You think it's gonna be a great game, everyone's hyping it up to be a great game, but all of a sudden your team's down seven-nothing in the second inning, and it seems like they can't hit anything. Not at all. And you knew you just had that feeling it was coming. All of the wind has left your sails. I had a feeling the game would be under seven and a half, and I trusted the pitching over the hitting that time. And you know what? I made thirteen dollars and fifty seven cents.
0: Great great <laughs> pick. <laughs> you know what? I just like it I like that the that, that was all lead up to a thirteen dollar win. I was, <laughs> it was like I was hoping I was hoping for a bigger payday. I'm interested to
1: see what you have to say. Along those lines, if you felt that sort of thing before with like having a feel that you had an, you, you knew this pick was going to go your way, even though it didn't seem like the easy pick. Because honestly, like that situation, yeah, the Yankees are going to blow the Tigers out of the water. I, why would you bet that the game's going to be like a pitching duel, right? And it, I don't even think it was Cole pitching for the Yankees. It was, it was like, it was like Domingo, uh, unproven Domingo Herman, the flyball pitching legend, the home run, the home run pitcher that we talked about earlier this week. Home run hero, home run hero against honestly some guy on the Tigers. Anyone you ask would have said, "Yeah, this will be a slugfest." But no, I know the Yankees well enough. When everything's going their way, sometimes it just doesn't. So interested to see what you say about that one.
0: Well, I think you and I have different betting mentalities. I'm not like a huge. I don't really bet a ton, but when I do, I'm a big parlay big exactly what you were saying against i'm a big like i'm going to throw $5 on something that's plus 650 and then if i win i'm winning a ton rather than small little payday. I just don't bet frequently enough to get enough of big paydays to get like, to have those small paydays actually turn into something. It's just not, I'm just, that's just not the way I do it. So when I'm looking for, I'm always looking for what you were talking about, where it's the Tigers going against the Yankees. Maybe Yankees are coming off at the end of a road trip and now Tigers odds aren't great because they're the worst team in baseball, but you know what? Maybe they squeeze one out here. Maybe they cover. Maybe they sneak one out and get a win here, and this is a nice payday. And that's honestly why I go into and in, I go into futures bets more. And I know we'll get into that more in a second. But um, I, I actually tend to lean towards futures bets more than I do daily bets because I just would rather um, I would rather go for a bigger payday than small gains over and over again because I just don't bet nearly enough for that. It makes sense.
1: And it depends how much money you have to, to throw around, right?
0: I think it's even more of just like, how much are you willing? Like, what's your risk tolerance? And it's like, for me, I, I have friends that have a huge gambling budget. My gambling, I don't even know if I would call my gambling budget a budget because it is not huge. It's more of like, if I see something I, I'm interested in, I'll throw some money on it. Uh, and really, depending on how confident it is, and that really just depends on how much I'll be willing to throw down. could be, really, could be anything. Exactly. And
1: back to the topic at hand here uh, of a big game that would it could even it could go both ways and it could fit both of our budgets right this Dodgers Astros game I'm talking about um, the mentalities we have for betting could both apply here so when I'm sitting here with the stats I just talked about thinking that the Astros hitters and the Dodgers hitters for that matter who create a lot of runs are both going against pitchers that are very well-versed in the strikeout and against teams and pitching staffs overall that are striking out batters at good rates. I'm looking at this saying, well, we have net positives and negatives on both sides because they're pretty much canceling each other out. So this game is just going to be who shows up to play more that day, who wants it more. That's my opinion. I think it's a pretty even matchup. I would think I'm going to lean towards the Dodgers on this one specifically because right now there's something... There's something about Clayton Kershaw's pitching that seems more consistent than Granky's, and Granky's strikeout rate is a little bit lower. So I think if we're holding runs created even, if you're not including the pitchers, uh, because this is going to be an AL park, I think the Dodgers are going to be able to outscore them. Maybe it's not off of Granky. Maybe we have a one-to-one game. But I think that if someone's gonna make more mistakes, it's gonna be Zach Granky than Clayton Kershaw. Well, if you watch, you know?
0: if you watch that Granky starts recently, I've watched the past. Uh, I've watched a few recently, and um, he's getting out of innings, which is he's doing. He, his ERA isn't that high. His WHIP is only like I think a one point. Yeah, his WHIP's a one point one seven three. ERA's three point seven seven. They're they're decent numbers, but just, you watch that Granky pitch uh, start to start, he's getting hit hard. Um, mm-hmm. It's not really like he's he's. Mowing them down, and he's getting unlucky on a few things. It, it, it does feel like when you're watching him, he's getting hit, and it's uh, so it does feel like every time he goes up there, there is the opportunity for him to really get blown up. Uh,
1: yeah, and um, I like people like Chris Taylor. Uh, I'm I'm biased to him because he's on my fantasy team, but. That's another 15 15, could be a 2020 guy this year. And a lot of good hitters up and down the lineup. And I just, like you're saying, Granky's kind of getting through some innings, but you're not really going to be able to do that against the hitters that the Dodgers have, right? M- Mookie Betts isn't going to let you off the hook all the time. like Whereas you can get away with it once in a while. If you have to keep working yourself out of jams, eventually you're going to regress to the mean. It's going to come back to bite you. You're going to stop getting lucky. So. What, I'm interested. I, if I had a pick here, and now let me let me just pull up the actual odds. Really, like we have the Dodgers are favored at minus one eighteen. It's pretty much a toss up. If you're looking to make big money, you wouldn't bet the money line. But if I'm going to pick somebody, I think the Dodgers win, um, whether it's close or not. Uh, I, I think the Dodgers are the one that comes out. Um, I, I'm interested to hear how you think about how do you when you see what's been presented and you see the lines and you see the odds you see the pictures. what is your thought process with this one
0: I agree I think this would be a stay away from me because I think it just can go either way but if I had to make a bet it would be probably Dodgers at minus 118 just because I probably do trust Kershaw more. I trust the Dodgers lineup more and Bellinger's not going to be back in time. But uh, I trust the Dodgers lineup more. The Astros have been hot. But like we were saying, um, Cranky... He hasn't looked great this season. He's looked good. I just, I agree with you in that. I feel there's a bigger risk of uh, a blow of him getting blown up than there is for Kershaw. I think Kershaw's going to be much more consistent. You know what you're going to get. Um, so, yeah, no, if I was, if I were to bet on it, I probably would bet. I would bet money line on the Dodgers. Do you know, do you have in front of you what the spread is there? Um, The spread here, we have a one and a half run line. Yeah, so one and a half is not great. I wouldn't love that either. But still, um, I think I would, I think i take the over on that. I think I would. I think I would. If I had to bet one, I'd go, I'd take the over. The over right now is at eight runs. So, do you think that it's going to be i don't know actually i i think that I, I i i think I would take eight runs i think you would take i would take the over on eight runs would be a good bet i think money line dodge would be a good bet and i think Dodgers to cover the spread would be a good bet as well. I think all three of those would be what I would do. I would
1: agree on everything but the over because my mind's telling me I'm going to have to give the pitchers some credit. Like I think this will be a pitcher's duel to some extent, but the form that this game could easily take could be that both pitchers leave the game with the Dodgers up three to one. Granky could have a quality start and give up three runs. And Kershaw could have a quality start and give up one. But I think that's the order of who's going to give up those amount of runs. You know what I mean? Like, between those two pitchers, I think the Dodgers would be leading three to one in a close game. And I don't think it's going to be... A mash fest I don't think home runs are but going to I don't I don't, don't love either
0: bull. I don't love either bullpen either and that's why I agree with you I think I think Kershaw and Granky can leave a game like that like a 4-3 game around there and then you're really only what is it that's seven you're only depending on the bullpen to score to give up two runs combined I'd be willing to bet that the Dodgers and the Astros bullpen would do that I don't think they're gonna shut that. if I had to bet you they leave the game at somewhere around seven runs scored the two of them are out of the game and then it's just massive of the bullpen to keep it there and I don't think they would.
1: Right. Now let's take a bit of a parallel look at a different game really quick. We had the Padres and the Brewers. Lots lots gone down since our power
0: rankings podcast. Oh my goodness. I put I, I'm sorry. I want to do an official apology to the city of Milwaukee. Uh, I I said that the Brewers are the best team in baseball. I put the Brewers at number one in my power rankings, and since then they have <laughs> dropped. Like, like I have never seen a team fall apart like that. Well, I have. The Mets are also falling apart like this. <laughs> but uh, I'm just, they just fell apart. Like, I'm like, I had them at one. I was excited about that. I'm like, yeah, this is a savvy pick. And very much has turned away. I think if I did power rankings today, they're probably in the right around fifteen, maybe lower. I, I don't know, but they were one when we did them last they month. They were they
1: were one for you, and they were two for me. Even though I still thought the Dodgers should have not lost their position, they've regressed a little bit, but they're kind of coming back around. But I digress. We have another pitching matchup, but it takes on a little different narrative. Joe Musgrove for the Padres, Corbin Burns for the Brewers. Musgrove is elite this year, at least. If you're going to go year by year, I think he's one of the best in baseball. He has one of the top walk percentages, top strikeout percentages. um, And he is especially good in the top 4% of pitchers in getting batters to chase pitches out of the zone. Um, his slider is like insane. If you've watched the amount of movement that he has on that thing, it's crazy. And Fernando Tatis has just woken up <laughs> in an amazing way. <laughs> he He's just going insane. He's, he had like six RBIs that game the other night. My goodness. Like he, he is going crazy. And it's interesting when you're looking at it from a betting perspective because you can also look at each of these teams and see similarities to the Dodgers and the Astros and differences, but the betting lines themselves. Are pretty much the same, right? The over is at seven. They think they think Vegas or who you know who's setting these odds that the Joe Musgrove Corbin Burns matchup is going to produce less runs overall than Clayton Kershaw and Zach Granke matchup. Interested how you think about that one? Because I don't think the Brewers are in a good place right now, and I could see them not scoring a lot of runs. But I think Tatis is going to you know, have a 4th of July come early.
0: I can see where you're going with that. I, I don't think I want to take any bet right now that has to deal with the Brewers lineup, even though, uh, I mean, they just called up Keston Hira just they brought him back up trying to help out that lineup vogelback has been hitting but the rest of their lineup Yelich is back I think he's 0 for 11 since he came back I don't think I'm in a place where I would want to take any bet that has to do with the Brewers lineup I I think I'm with you on that one whereas the Padres are going in the opposite direction the Padres are one of the hottest teams in baseball if not the hottest team and I would agree with you on that end
1: like Jake Cronenworth Eric Hosmer Machado like you know even though he's not at his best grinding out at bats with runners in scoring position is huge and like that lineup all together manned by Tatis in in the heart of it it's really hard for a pitcher to consistently go through multiple times like yeah you might you might even have Corbin Burns and the Padres uh, against the Padres and you might have a 0-0 game going into the third he might he might mow down the order and you thinking all right let's lock in the odds are right and then I can easily see a seven-run fourth inning, right? Knocking him right out of the game. But how well, many times have see, you seen that this year? Getting, I right, don't know.
0: Like, as much as I don't want to bet on the Brewers lineup, I don't think you're, I don't, don't think you're giving Corbin Burns enough credit. I think he's probably the second-best pitcher in baseball right now um, behind. I think, Well, at least performance-wise. If I had to bet on like a Cy Young award, I think he's right in there. So I think there is a chance that Corbin Burns could mow down a Padres lineup through one or two times through the lineup. The I mean, the Brewers on a defensive end, bullpen-wise, with Corbin Burns on the bump, I'm not really worried about them giving up too many runs. It's more of I'm just not willing to bet on that lineup. That right. lineup is what scares but me. But you know who
1: is? Vegas, minus 118 on the money line for the Brewers to win that one. Minus
0: one and a half runs to cover what do you think about that it's just the brewers are a weird team to gamble on right now i don't think that's why exactly why i don't think i'd bet on them for a minus 118 money line what is the worth of that uh, you don't know what you're gonna. Exactly your point on the last the last game you're talking about. It's like you want to know you want to have that feeling of oh I know what I'm gonna get here at the very least. I really don't know what I'm gonna get from day to day with that Brewers lineup. Yelich um, is back, so you'd hope that that turns around and that's going to be the spark plug that they need. So maybe that's where your rationale comes from that that's why you want to make that bet. But me, I'm not a betting man, and I'm not one to make small bets on a game like that where the payout's really not even that worth it. I don't think I even I – think, I think this is a – again, I think this is a stay away for me. I, I bet on the Dodgers Astros before I bet on this one. But for this one, I just don't think I feel co- – well, let me rephrase. I think I'd feel more confident betting on the Padres than I would the Brewers, but I really wouldn't feel confident betting on either.
1: I hear what you're saying. And, again, it goes back to the philosophy thing. It's, versus, it's gains versus long shots, right? Mm-hmm. That can make you significantly more money but are long shots for a reason. But I have a different approach. You know, you, you say the profit's not exactly worth it, but a $5 bet where I parlay those two picks together of the Dodgers and I'm going with the Padres for the reasons you just said. I can't trust that Milwaukee lineup. $5 will get me 20 bucks. I think that's a bet I make. I might lock it's it in. I'm going to lock it in right now live on the air. Do it live on the podcast. LA Dodgers over the Houston Astros tomorrow night and San Diego Padres over the Milwaukee Brewers. Combined odds of plus 270 in a parlay. A $5 bet will give me $18.50 for my potential payout. And I am locking in those odds. Right now, it's done. The bet is Dispended. in the sports book, <laughs> so uh, we're walking you through it here, live on the station. <laughs> and uh, I think right now we should move on to your your futures bets. I know you have a couple that you were looking at
0: earlier. Well, yeah. So I think, and that's what I was talking about before. Of like, I like uh, I, I'm more of a futures bet kind of guy than I am a day to day guy. I can do day to day bets, but if I'm going to do one, it will be a futures bet more than likely. And I start off right here at AL MVP odds. And it's not always about, and I don't know about you when you look at these bets, it's not always about the player I'm betting on alone. It's also about the players around him. So if you look at, I think this is on FanDuel Sportsbook right now, you look at the AL MVP odds, and mind you, this is... Don't say match Oh, well... <laughs> Honestly, Matt Chapman's being slept on. I don't know what Matt Chapman's odds are on right now because he's not on the screenshot I have. Uh, I did bet on him earlier in the season, and I'm going to imagine I could get better odds now if I bet on him. Um, so maybe I'll double down on that. Who knows? Who knows? I might get crazy. I might I might get crazy and double down on my Matt Chapman bet because the Matt Chapman AL MVP campaign is only just beginning. Regardless, when I look at the AL MVP odds, I do see, and this is now before, and as I was saying, this is... Uh, We're recording this. I have the screenshot from right before the Blue Jays played today. And Vladdy hit two home runs today. I don't know. I don't think that it will change odds much, but maybe a little bit here and there. But FanDuel has Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s ALMVP odds at plus 550. That's second best below Shohei Otani at plus 125. So... You can say pretty much, I mean, obviously, what does that mean? Or easy certainty that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the second most likely to win L M V P. MVP. But before, in front of him is Shohei Ohtani. Are we confident? I don't know about you, Greg. Are you confident Shohei Ohtani stays healthy the rest of this season?
1: <sighs> stays healthy, no. But if he does stay healthy, he's the MVP.
0: If he stays healthy, yeah, he's the MVP. But I'm going to bet... If, if I'm going to make a bet, I'd bet again. Shohei Otani has yet to show me a full season of health, doing uh, playing both ways. So if I'm going to do that, I think I'd bet on five. I think the bet to make there is plus five fifty on Vladdy because if Shohei gets hurt, he's easily becomes the front runner. And I mean Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I don't know how much how many games, how many Blue Jays games you've watched this season. That guy is hitting the hell out of the ball. There is just. Uh, he is exactly what they what we thought he was going to be when he came up right now, and uh, I love every th- every bit of it. So Vladdy would be my LLVP pick if Shohei Ohtani wasn't in the American League. Am I going to bet Shohei Ohtani stays healthy? No. So if I'm anyone listening to this podcast, if I were you, I'd go lock in that bet for five, plus five fifty of Vladdy Jr. Then you get a little bit more interesting as you go down that line. You got Mike Trout at plus fifteen hundred. Mike Trout would probably be close to the favorite if he didn't get hurt. I guess the question there, and Greg, I think you'd be the best person to answer this as an Angels defender. Would you be willing with Mike Trout... Okay, so if Mike Trout misses a month, for Mike Trout to win AL MVP, he would need to probably blow... The Angels need to make the playoffs, which means Mike Trout needs to, like... Go crazy the second half when he comes back from his injury. Would you be willing to bet at plus fifteen hundred that Mike Trout does that and the Angels make the playoffs and Mike Trout wins plus AL 1500? Plus Plus fifteen hundred. Plus fifteen hundred.
1: No, <laughs> not right now. I wouldn't even throw a dollar on that because that that really
0: that seems like
1: a stretch. You know,
0: let's well, see. If, it, let's let's go rapid fire with that then. So you don't want to do Ma- Mike Trout. I want you to pick one of these three bets that I'm going to throw at you. One of these guys has to. Things have to go right with this. I'm going to give you a scenario and you tell me. Would you make this bet given like the likelihood of this scenario? Sure. So Mike Trout at plus 1500. The question is, would he if he comes back from injury? Does he start? Does he light it up? That Angels catch fire. They make the playoffs. You're saying you don't make that bet. Glad to know we have on record. Greg no longer believes. I don't in the currently
1: make that bet. Maybe things two will months,
0: change. Two months yet later, finally Greg has seen the light. Second bet, Aaron Judge plus seventeen hundred. If Aaron if the Yankees really get into a point where the Yankees are one of the best teams in the AL, I would assume it's Aaron Judge driving that Car, uh, I think it's him If that's the case and Aaron Judge stays healthy Are you willing to bet at plus 1700 That Air, that, that AL MVP Bet is a good bet yes 100% You would believe. bet that plus 1700 I think so too Because I think if the Yankees the Yankees are playing well Right now and the Yankees are only going to get better uh, Especially c- coming towards the, de- uh, the Deadline if they make a deal or so Aaron Judge is playing well, and he's if he stays healthy and continues at this pace, maybe heats up in July. I could see him making a run for that plus seventeen hundred. is a pretty. I'm not saying uh, bet your house on it, but I think it's a good small wager bet. Well, this to throw is, that's what
1: I mean, this is about taking what's real and what's not, right? I yeah, I, I, I believe in the Angels to an extent. It's again, it's early enough that they're they're in the mix in a way. They're seven and a half out. Okay, like look, they're not running for the pennant. They're not running away with the division right now. But you know what? They have 20 wins. Oakland has 28. You know, things will come together. They can get people back and they can jump back into the wild card race, if anything, even the division race at, at any point, right? Like, it's not it's not even close to being over. So, I'm not damning the Angels, right? I still believe in those Angels in the outfield. It's okay,
0: Greg. We know you've damned the Angels. No, so I, I'm not. Already, the fans heard it. You've damned the Angels. But I have to be realistic. You can go back I, and play I, back all all the podcast. You asked me
1: if I make that Futures bet on Trout today. No, absolutely not. But Aaron Judge is proving time and time again why he is considered one of the best players in baseball. I feel like this is going to be an absolutely crazy statement that you're going to hear me say, but I think Aaron Judge is underrated every single year. I'm what with he you. Is. I think that he has, besides the advanced metrics saying it all, I think he has leadership qualities. He, is a t- he always has tough at bats. He doesn't sit there and just take shots for the moon every single time he gets up to the plate. He has production. He gets on base. Like somehow he finds a way to get on base, score runs. Even when he has bad games, he's always in the in the box score. He's always making an impact, right? And right now he's on a tear. And one of the things we said before this season, we focused on a potential home run race in New York between Pete Alonso and Giancarlo Stanton. You know who else is name we in the mix is Aaron Judge because he can mash too. He never hasn't been able to, and here he is proving it again. The Yankees are one of the top five hottest teams in baseball right now. You know, have the Razor popping off. You have the Padres are popping off, and the Dodgers to some extent. The Yankees have won six in a row. You know, they yeah, they have completely turned it around since the beginning of the season. That early stretch where they were almost as bad as Colorado. Who've also won four in a row Watch out for those Rockies
0: And they won again tonight Watch watch out for those Rockies No but you're right where Aaron Judge I think his rookie year everyone was all over him And I would say he would have been Honestly I would have felt he was a little overrated But the injuries have gotten to him these past couple seasons um, And now I do feel like He's in this weird category of like This underrated Mm -hmm. middle tier Where he is probably like a top 10 player in baseball But we're valuing him as like A top 25 player in baseball Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think you're seeing it right now. 12 home runs, 308 batting average, 407 on-base percentage, 571 slugging, um, 977 OPS. I'm good with that Aaron Judge bet at plus 1,700. And then moving on from that, going into, and this is more of a question on the Red Sox. Mm. If the Red Sox won the AL East, you would say it's probably J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, or Rafael Devers leading that train, right? Yeah. I think I know what you're going to say, next, but go ahead. So then which bet do you feel the best on here? plus 1,400, J.D. Martinez, plus 2,000, Xander Bogarts, and then the long shot, plus 4,500, Rafael Devers. Given where they stand right now, if the Red Sox really go on to run and win the division, which bet would you want to make?
1: I hate to go middle of the road, but Bogarts. I mean, like, J.D., I, I, I don't... I have a bad feeling that he's going to have a very scarce August and July middle of the summer. Like, I feel like he's hitting over his head a little bit. He's old-er he's not an old man, but you know, he's he had a great start, but is JD that kind of, Martinez would like a word, he's he, old. He's like thirty four, right? Like he, he's not like I think you know, for there. baseball years. We're talking for dog years. <laughs> no, but um <laughs> he he started off very well. But if you're talking consistency, who's got the better chance in the long run? You got Bogarts. he's he's a consistent player. He's, you know, he's one of the best on the team. And if anyone's going to lead them through, it's going to be him. I don't think J.D. is going to be – J.D. has potential. He has pop. He's going to be a big player for them down the stretch in certain ways. He'll have plenty of big moments. And if they get to the playoffs, I can see him – I can definitely see him hitting home runs in big spots, giving them the pop they need to win. But over the rest of the season – I think the bet's got to be on Bogart, so I don't know.
0: Well, J.D.'s, what, he's 33? I think I'm still with him. 12 home runs, 328 batting average, 37 ribeye stakes, 404 on base percentage, 592 slugging. I think, if and again, this is the question of if the... Red Sox got hot. Who do you think is leading that charge? And I think it's JD Martinez because he's done it this. He's already done it this far, and um, I don't think there's a. I don't know if any of those. I would make any of those bets, but it's just really a question of if you're listening to this, you believe in the Red Sox, you think the Red Sox is going to make it all the way. If that's the case, I'd probably bet on one of those three guys. I would probably bet on one of them to really make a run for the AL MVP in the AL MVP race. And it's really just a question of who. Um, Devers really is a. He's a sleeper pick there, but I. I think it will be probably Xander or JD and I lean towards JD. If
1: you're going to make a sleeper pick with the Red Sox I don't know about Devers but you know what? Call me crazy, but I think Alex Verdugo would be my crazy get, long shot.
0: Get off the Alex Verdugo bandwagon! No, it's my bandwagon. I lead the Alex Verdugo bandwagon. He's not in the LMVP race. Don't you put that devil on him? Don't you even? Don't you put expectations too high for Alex Verdugo? He's a phenomenal baseball player. He doesn't need that. He's doing great. He's he, he doesn't need that. Okay, get out of here. I, I think with that. he is doing. You great. miss you know, me? You want a long you shot? You miss me is, with the Alex Verdugo? Don't try. And one up, my Alex Verdugo takes with an <laughs> AL MVP call? Get out of here! What's next? Talking, Matt Chapman for the Hall of Fame? We're, no, we're talking we're, long shots, man. We're <laughs> not. I don't even think Alex Verdugo is listed on the FanDuel. That's a terrible bet. Anyone listening to that, don't make that bet. I love Alex Verdugo as much as one can. That's a terrible bet. I'm calling that down. No. Strike it from the record. We're moving on. We're moving on.
1: Oh, uh, I need God. a break after that one.
0: All right. Yeah, well, we, you know what? Good. I do, too. I need to cleanse my palate of that, sl- that whatever that was. I'm just irate that you try to one-up my Alex Verdugo tags by throwing him in the ALMVP conversation. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that. The man does not deserve that. Uh. All right, we will be back after these short, yet irate messages.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to a random MLB ad break. And we still don't have any sponsors for you, but what we do have is another plug to our friend Dustin and his project, Paste. Check out his music anywhere you can get it from. Spotify, Bandcamp, you name it. Uh, It's a great song that we have as the intro and the outro to our channel. And you should go check out the rest of it, too. Um. So, thanks for listening. And without further ado, let's get back to the podcast.
0: And we're back. And we're back.
1: Whoa. Got it. Be into it.
0: Whoa. <laughs> well, no, you didn't, actually. I was the one who called. for back. You know what? If you came for Alex Duga. Now you're coming <laughs> for my, and we're back. Get out of here. <laughs> Miss me with this nonsense.
1: Oh. We're
0: back. I said it. Where's we're Josh back, the peacemaker we're talking, when you need him? <laughs> I don't know. That is the where in the world is Josh San Diego is the biggest question we've been trying to answer. Anyway, we're moving on to World Series futures. Um, world Series futures right now favorites are at Dodgers at plus 330 for obvious reasons, followed by the Yankees at plus 700, and the Padres at plus 800. And Tony La Russa and his best friend Your Mercedes at plus nine hundred. Um, what about oh, that on, the White Sox.
1: If I can interject for one second. Tony, Do we need
0: to talk yeah, should we talk about that nonsense? Tony
1: Larusa is such a dumbass. Like, are you kidding me? Like <laughs> first of all, who thought it was a great idea listen, like I, I have went on record earlier, uh on this podcast. I forget which episode it was, but I was talking about the White Sox and I said, listen, I trust the White Sox and if they get to the playoffs, I trust Tony LaRusso's pedigree because he has playoff experience. He's won World Series before. Right. But how do you have this old fart managing a really young, exciting baseball team and then he he says crap like that? Are you kidding me? How do you not stand up for your player?
0: What is Because it's nonsense. Like, it's the same thing we argue. I, I don't even think, argue is not the word. The same thing I've, I think we've yelled on this podcast about every... Week or two of old people trying to ruin baseball of like anything that's exciting it's nonsense it's not everything from the the anger okay one the whole question anything anytime someone says it's an unwritten rule of baseball just I zone out because then write it down whatever you're saying is just it's so stupid every unwritten rule of baseball is it seems like the only intention is to make the game more boring it's nonsense two how could two other words sit there and say. I hate that my player goes and throws, uh, goes and hits a home run off a catcher on a three zero count, and then they throw at his own player, and he's sitting there like, no, nah, I have no issue with how they responded. Like, what are you a moron? First of all, that's the quickest way to lose the clubhouse. Even though apparently winning, winning heals all wounds, so they're doing okay in that department. But like, just it's stupidity. If the if the White Sox weren't winning, you would see that becoming a more of an issue much quicker. He'd have been fired already if they were a bad team. He would have been gone already. They hired him to be this like old, literally just like the old man, like the traditional baseball sense with this young, exciting team. Cause you worry if ownership was kind of bitter of how the White Sox personalities were actually like taking effect last season. And it's stupidity. I mean, and this comes back to the argument we made last week or last episode of where's baseball at as a sport. These are the things that we need to start getting away from where we're trying to make the game less exciting. You should be promoting excitement. You shouldn't be like the the fact that he's going against his own player. Also if you're putting a catcher into pitch and you're going to be like, what are, you, what are you saying? No, you're not supposed to swing the games over then end the game. Then what are you doing? Why are we all supposed to sit here and subject ourselves to nonsense? No one's allowed to hit, but we're allowed to let the other team get what back to the what game I if think want is,
1: in, you know, what I think is that you should be able to run up the score if you can, because you know what? hundred percent. You know, the, the, you're putting in a, a catcher to pitch because the rest of your pitchers sucked so bad that you couldn't get out of the game in a normal amount of time or with a A normal amount of runs scored against you. So you know what? Yeah, you're waving the white flag. My guys are going to go up there and have batting practice off of you, then, because you Congrats. know what? It's you know, not—it's ridiculous that like it, it's a major league sport with grown men, and we can't—we can't sit there and say, "Oh, well, it's a gentleman's agreement." Uh, we have to make sure the other team uh, has a fair chance to win, just like the rest of us. What are you talking? It's about? nonsense. I would—I would build Belichick their ass and win fifty-nine to zero. Like, are you kidding no, me? No, like that's what I'm like, saying.
0: If you want—you uh, want sportsmanship, then don't put a catcher do not put up a catcher pitching. Like, that's nonsense to me. Like, if oh, your pitchers are God. so
1: bad that you cannot possibly get the 27 ounces required in a Major League Baseball game without giving up 20 runs, then guess what? You deserve to get shocked and, and well, this, rock this that This is guy.
0: my point, of, like, and that's my point of, like, if you're, like, really at this point of, like, oh, we're trying to preserve the bullpen so we're not going to actually throw anyone, we're going to throw our catcher out there, that's fine. Well, then deal with the consequences of that. Yep. And you're going to get you're going to get embarrassed, because you know what? You're not pitching, because you're if you're going to wave white flag and you're not going to actually play the sport, you're just going to be like, whatever, we're, we're done with this game. If you're done with this game, well, then great. We're going to embarrass you. And these guys are out here playing 100 62 games every year with the difference of 10,000. Uh, the difference of a home run could cost these guys hundreds of thousands of dollars in arbitration case during the offseason. And what? They're supposed to just let go of that because of the written, unwritten rules of baseball? It's nonsense. All of these old get off my lawn baseball fans, stupidity. That's all I have to say about it makes that. Me mad. I, I don't even want to. It makes me. I rate because it's those people that are killing the sport. Those people are the problem. It's not anyone making any issues about analytics. It's not the shift. It's not all that. It's the people who are sitting there with the unwritten rules and this nonsense because they want everything to be the way it was when they were growing up. If I was the, the game White has Sox. to evolve.
1: If I was Lucas Giolito, I'd do a pickoff move and then accidentally throw the ball into the dugout to Tony Russo. <laughs> <laughs> and player. say, oh, man, uh, I don't see any problem with the way I handle that situation.
0: <laughs> it's absurd to me. His reaction to that was absurd to me. And it, I hated that hire. And it made me, I was just like, wow, fully expected. Oof. Anyway, back to MLB future, World Series future picks. Um, I think we'll just jump right into it. Plus 1,500, Atlanta Braves. Braves are a good team. Braves are hot. Uh, the bullpen's getting better. Ansby He's the best player in baseball. Dansby Swanson's actually getting he's heating up. You got Ozzy heating up. You got you need Marcelo Zuna to turn it around. But plus 1500, if the Braves make the playoffs, that's you're going under the assumption that the Braves got hot to end the season. And I don't know if there's a team in baseball that I want to face while hot less than I want to face the Atlanta. I'm in on the Braves, yeah. Why not? Braves at 1500. I'm not saying again, not saying to bet the house. But not saying bet the farm, but throw some money on that. That is a good bet to make because if the Braves get hot and the Braves are in the playoffs, that is a scary team. Is, they have everything you need, and that is a scary – The Braves aren't pitching this year, but it's it, it, that can easily turn around with the aces that, with the with the arms they have. You got Max Freed, you got Ian Anderson. Like you have legitimate arms, Charlie Morton, you, Chipper Jones, you, legitimate. You got Soroka <laughs> coming back soon. Just <laughs> Chipper Jones, Andrew's gonna come out of retirement. <laughs> No, but sincerely, plus fifteen hundred Atlanta Braves, great pick. Next one, my New York Mets plus nine fifty. Mets are right now are on a nosedive. But why is that? It's because they have I think sixteen guys on the DL right now, including seven of their opening day. How dare, eight, how dare, day dare starters. you
1: say DL? It's IL. Come
0: on, IL. They what have is it? Sixteen 2006? guys on the sixteen <laughs> guys on the IL, including seven of their opening day starters. The Mets are one of the best teams in baseball. If you believe in the Mets' roster, when healthy, plus 950 is probably the best odds you're going to get. Maybe it'll drop to around plus 1,100 in the next week or so while they're waiting for everybody to get... It's going to take another month for Conforto. going to take another month for McNeil. You're hoping you get a couple guys back. DeGrom's back tomorrow. Uh, Syndergaard's back in June. Carrasco's back end of June. I mean, plus 950, plus 1,000 on a World Series bet, not bad. Um, and I believe in the Mets to turn it around. I think that is a pretty good bet to make, because if they get healthy, they are one of the best teams in baseball. September is a long ways away. If the Mets are healthy. Mets will be healthy by then, and if you face the Mets in a playoff in a playoff round, they're a scary team. I, uh, all I, I have don't to say know, Actually, you and know they're going to make a move. They're kicking the tires on Kyle Seeger. Who knows with Chris Bryant, Joey Gallo? Like they're going to make a move. Steve Cohen wants to make a move. This is not a team that's going to go down silently. And Francisco Lindor is going to turn it around. It's just a matter of time.
1: I agree with that. But you know what? As you were talking there, I feel like the last five to six years of my life, the conversation around the Mets has been, oh, they're hurt right now, but you wait till August. Like, like, And I always wait till August. And then they don't do anything because either some of those guys get hurt again or they just kind of... You think they have all the pieces in place, and then they're just like, eh. The only time that they ever proved that wrong was when they got to the World Series. Like, you know, in 15, Twenty fifteen. Yeah. But I mean, it's been a while. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, I feel like every year it's like, Oh, Syndergaard coming back. Like, you know, Steven Matz is coming back. The Grom's not going to be hurt for too long. Like, and then they can't pitch at all. Like they can hit, they'll hit plenty of home runs and then, Oh, like Dom Smith is having the week of his life, but it doesn't matter because they are losing every game eight to two. Like, I don't know if I love the Mets just yet. It's again, we'll, we'll see you in August. Maybe they'll be good this year. I don't know. the like, right if now, the Mets kind get healthy, freaking out. But
0: if the Mets get healthy, I think that's a good bet. And I think what your point leads into. Actually, we we took questions again this week, and we have questions from our good friend here at Austin Kardashian with two ends at Austin underscore Kardashian. He asks, "Is the ghost of Ray Ramirez haunting the Mets clubhouse?" <laughs> in all caps. Um, and the answer is a hundred percent yes. The Mets, they, every day, today they had another injury Janeshi Vargas, I totally butchered the pronunciation of that name But whatever, we're going with it Like The Mets today started a first baseman in left field And a catcher at first base it, This is Ooh. where we're at Cameron Mabin, they bought him from the Cubs for a dollar And he is 0 for 17 since he got He's still you know, in the majors? Well, he's back with the Mets Former for Florida Marlon, Cameron Mabin Included in the Miguel Cabrera, D'Antro Willis deal. Fun Damn. fact: He was the prize prospect in that deal. Damn. Yeah. So the Mets are. That's where we're at. Where the Mets have a lineup where Cameron Maben is a legitimate piece. Clearly, Lee's up too early. He struck out his first nine at bats, but he's really feeling the ball. The Mets are in a bad place right now, but they will get healthy once they. The once first they have an place exorcism. Mets,
1: mind you, the first place Mets.
0: First place Mets are going to have an exorcism in that clubhouse. Get the ghost of Ray Ramirez out of there, and they. That's a good bet, plus nine (laughs) fifty. Plus, finally, a team we talked about. A quick note is a team we just talked about, plus twenty two hundred. Milwaukee Brewers. We had them. I had them at number one in my power rankings a month ago. And oh, it's another. If you're gonna make a futures bet right now, you make it on teams that are unhealthy that you're hoping get healthy. If the Brewers get healthy at plus twenty two hundred, that is a steal. If they're in the playoffs, that is a steal. Their rotation's great. Their bullpen's great. Their lineup is great when healthy. That's a steal at plus 2200 uh, It just depends on how much you believe in the Milwaukee Brewers. I think like we're going
1: to forget about them after the All-Star break, to be honest with you. They were, That's a bold they take. They had a nice April. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see anything exciting enough. Like, I don't think Yelich is the same player. I don't care if he comes back and he has a good week. Like, like if he even does. I just I, I think that he's hurt too much already. Like, he's not that old. And he's already having these problems. Like maybe next year, Brewers have good pieces. Burns is no joke. They have some good hitters, a little bit. But I mean, I I I don't think it's this year. I think in a couple of years, this the division is kind of uh heating up a little bit in the Central.
0: There's a lot of baseball left. The Brewers, again, similar to the Mets, if they get healthy, that is not a team I want to face in the playoffs. They have a a great rotation and a great an amazing bullpen. Um, I think there's more baseball left for the Brewers. Final futures bet I want to talk about really quick. AL East futures. I'm looking at the... I get that the Rays are streaking right now. They're up to f- plus 400. The Yankees are right now the favorites at minus 140. No love for my Toronto Blue Jays at plus 600. Toronto's a good team. Plus 600 seems a little bit too much for me. I I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just an intriguing bet. Is it going to happen? I'm not confident the Blue Jays... I I, I viewed the Blue Jays as a a wild card team all season. But things strike right for them. They're calling up Alec Manoa this week. Um, He's their top pitching prospect. He dominated spring training and dominated AAA. Now he's going to be up. If he can pitch... Blue Jays, maybe go get a reliever, figure out that bullpen. Who knows? You get a you get a hot summer. We're early. We're only a quarter way in. Anyone can have a hot summer and really take those take a make a run for it. So the Blue Jays are already a good team. They have great pieces. Plus six hundred. It's not a bad bet. Uh, I think the Blue Jays. I think you're on spot
1: on about the um, them being a wild card team. I think the I think playoff baseball is back in Toronto this year. I think they win a series maybe. That's it though. I don't think they're gonna win the World Series.
0: I, I think they're no no win, no no. This but... is AL East. This is an AL East bet. AL East
1: again. I still think they're just a wild card team. Like like I, I I I I commend the Blue Jays. I think they might be in there for a bit. We might start saying, "Hey, look at that! The Blue Jays might sneak in." But I think it's they don't have enough to, to deal with the, the Rays and the Yankees and the Red Sox. I think that's the three horse race you're looking at. Honestly, right now, Rays is the team to beat. And then, you know, the Yankees, are Red Sox are no joke. Blue Jays will play spoiler. Uh, and they'll also make a name for themselves. I think they'll sneak into the wild card. They'll probably get maybe to the next series. I don't think they're going to be sitting in the ALCS. Like, there's no way. that. So, between the division and even if we we're talking about World Series bets before, I don't think they're any more than wild card. Game. But I agree with your assessment on that.
0: Well, yeah, I think uh, it's a fair argument. I don't know if I feel confident in a Blue Jays bet at plus 600 to win the AL East, but I think it's something to monitor. That's one of those, like, keep it, like, just keep your eye on it if you're listening. The Blue Jays start to get hot these next couple weeks. That might be something you want to look into. And also, when I was looking at it, I get the Oakland, I get the Oakland, no, the, the Baltimore Royals are 17-29. Plus 30,000 to win the AL East seems a little disrespectful. I feel like that's just, I feel like that's no, a personal it's gripe. That's a ridiculous bet. That's They're a ridiculous six and 18 number. at
1: home. Like, that's a, come on. Like, they can't I even mean, win at home. See,
0: you know what that means? Six and 18 at home? means they're 11-11 and 11 on the road. That's 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 what I see. That's math for me. Road so Warriors. They turn the Baltimore Road they, Warrior <laughs> Orioles. They turn around at <laughs> home. They're not going to win. Do not bet on the plus 30,000 Baltimore Orioles. But, like, to me, plus 30,000 seems like a straight disrespect to Baltimore Orioles fans out there. I don't think you've watched enough Baltimore Orioles games this year. The- I watch a lot of Baltimore Orioles games. I'm going to one soon. I'm going to one soon. I like watching the Orioles. They fight. I think. It, I think plus thirty thousand is aggressive. The fight knows. You're telling me plus thirty. You're telling me plus thirty
1: thousand. Everybody, don't don't. You heard it here and first. No, don't, don't bet on them. Disrespect. Don't bet
0: on them. I'm just saying, plus fifteen thousand, plus two thousand. We're like, Plus hairs. thirty, 000, plus Is the set on Get this?
1: come on. Like, <laughs> no way. Stop I'm saying, the Orioles plus are not thirty thousand
0: seems like you're just trying to make a point. That's all I'm saying. All right, <laughs> moving on. We're going we're gonna to take a few more questions that we got from you guys. Thank you again for sending them in. Um, we're going to try to do this every week. We, we've been enjoying getting the questions that we've gotten. Um, we're trying to mix up who we who the questions we take from, but some of them we just want to answer, and uh, we're trying to do it as randomly as we can. So if we repeat people, we're sorry. If you've been submitting them, uh, please keep doing it. We, we love it, and we will get to them eventually. All right, next question comes from osite. Our guy, he was here last week. Oh yeah, the Yankee. I love his question too, or is this hot take actually. The Yankees road uniforms are some of the worst jerseys in baseball. Fact. Agree. Write it, etch it on my tombstone. Ugly uniform. It literally looks like a tombstone. What is it? It's just. What is it? This is the who thought of it? It's great. Ugly. <laughs> Ugly. There's nothing Ugly. It. It's like, I don't. I could write the, the word New
1: York uh, on a piece of paper too, and be like, Hey, boss, I they I have a great idea for a jersey. Like, like the, pins, as much as the uh, pinstripes uh, are absolutely iconic. But then you have that that road jersey. It's just like they didn't even try. Like, do you? I think that you can do something even better with like a bright blue trim, like that royal kind of darker navy blue, right? And then you should do something with. You just
0: like, threw like you like, just threw three shades of blue in there, and I don't even know which ones. you're That's what I mean. About. It doesn't
1: matter. Like, like you can do a dark, darker navy. <laughs> you blue. You just threw
0: three shades of blue, and we're like, I think you could do.
1: <laughs> you can do dark. <laughs> Darker navy blue with a brighter, almost royal blue, but kind of a mix between them, and then you could do like bright white on the on the sleeves or something like that, or the lettering. You could do a lot to make the colors pop enough that you have a unique road jersey. Even if they wanted to go retro with it, but don't wear it's the most boring. Uniform I've ever seen in my life. Like,
0: I think I think their road uniform should be more like their batting practice uniforms. Gray pants, navy mm-hmm. jersey, maybe throw Yankees over the chest or New York, whatever you want to do with that, and then do normal navy cap. I think that would be a better look than the I mean, all gray. Spring grays, I think training are.
1: uniforms are better than
0: that. Like. I agree. And, you know, I think I think we're at a point in baseball where you need to bring back, we need to bring back, like, the single color one. Like, the Phillies throwbacks last season might be one of my favorite throwbacks they've thrown out there. The with light the, blue one. ones? Burgundy, with the light blue ones and the all-burgundy ones. I think the Yankees do an All-Navy one. I think I'd like that better, too. Like, that is a cool-looking, those are, like, nice uniforms. I think as a sport, we need to start getting back to that because those are cool. It's back in. Um, I'm into it. I'm into it. I agree. All right, next question uh, comes from at KyleHanson47. Zach Wheeler for Cy Young. He has traditional and advanced metrics that he isn't a fluke. That's a hot take. Ooh. I don't even know what's that. What are Zach Wheeler's... Uh, Greg, you take this first. I'm going to look up Zach Wheeler's odds.
1: So, Zach Wheeler... And let me tell you something the Phillies actually shared on their official Twitter page uh, today. Uh, per Elias Sports... Zach Wheeler is the first Phillies starting pitcher with both a sub-250 ERA and a sub-1 whip in his first 10 starts of a season since, can you fill in the blank? Steve Carlton. Roy Halladay in 2011. Damn. Pretty good company. In 10 starts, he's a 238 ERA, .94 whip. And I watched Zach Wheeler at the game where I was almost attacked by a rabid drunk fan running across the field.
0: I also saw Zach Wheeler when went into a Phillies game. What are the odds of that?
1: Ten strikeouts. He is... Yeah, he pitched well my game, too. He just keeps going, and he is having a really good season, and he has a lot of weapons. He has a, he has a fastball that he can locate. He pitches really well, low in the zone, and he has a really good ability to get right-handers to chase and then cut in on lefties. They they're like trying to inside out the ball. They're like getting tied up a lot when he pitches and he just has a good knack for keeping the ball in the park. Like like he he's dominant. He's a great one-two punch with Aaron Nola, um right in the middle of that pitching rotation and like I said with the Phillies, the good is good and the bad is bad and he's one of their really good pieces. Uh, even Joe Girardi was talking um, they were talking about Zach wheeler um in an interview, and he was saying how he would love to catch for him uh if he was still playing because he's a true power guy he's got good arm action, and every single game he pitches he is in it he he's got your team in it always quality start after quality start you know um
0: well so zach wheeler if you look at so right now if you look at his stats, where is he at here he's got seventy eight strikeouts. Uh, I mean, his odds on FanDuel are plus 3,500. Yeah, plus 3,500. I don't know. It's just like if I'm looking at the other contenders for the NL Cy Young right now, you're looking at Jacob deGrom, you're looking at Corbin Burns, you're looking at Hugh Darvish, Trevor Bauer, Jack Flaherty, Brandon Woodruff. I mean, even your guy Aaron Nola. I think I take all of them before I take Zach Wheeler. And I think Corbin Burns and Jacob deGrom, I think it's going to be a long leap for Zach Wheeler to overtake those two guys, and even like Corbin Burns, ha- he started the season what, needing uh, 51, so he got fi- 51 strikeouts, but even having a walk. Jacob Degrom looks better than he's ever looked. He's at .6 ERA, 0.600 WHIP. I mean, 65 strikeouts. I think Zach Wheeler's having a great season. I just don't think Zach Wheeler's having a Cy Young season. Right. Now, don't I think get Zach me Wheeler wrong. Is the one of wrong. the best. Two pitchers in baseball, number two pitchers in baseball in your rotation. But I don't think he has Cy Young stuff.
1: Don't get me wrong. I'm agreeing with you in that DeGrom is clear, wide and away the favorite. And he has some ground to go if he's going to win the Cy Young award or something crazy like that. Uh, But I would put him in the top. 15 pitchers in baseball right now i would i I, if you're gonna make a crazy bet like a long shot on someone why not with this pick because he if he's he's a consistent guy some of these guys that are doing really well right now some of them always fade the all-star break you know you never know what's going to happen through the season so if you have a guy that's showing he can get it done across this is this is through 10 starts already he has these numbers right it puts him in some pretty good company, and like if if he's more of a steady hand throughout the year, the consistency will show. And if he's a big, if he becomes a big piece of why the Phillies get to the playoffs, if they make it out of the muck that they're in right now, it's it's a long shot, but maybe he's in the conversation.
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't necessarily hate that take.
1: I to, taking, I'm a Zach Wheeler guy. I don't hate guy.
0: the take. I I love the take. I love the tenacity of that take. I just don't think Zach Wheeler is a Cy Young caliber pitcher right now. And to your point, and we're going to end on this, if you're going to make a long shot bet that you want to hit, that you want certainty you're going to hit, it's Matt Chapman for AL MVP at plus 8,000. Okay. And that's the podcast, everybody. That's the podcast. Matt Chapman plus 8,000. Regardless, um... Thank you for anyone who submitted any questions. Uh, we appreciate you. We want, we're going to get to more next week. For Josh, for Greg, I'm Tommy. I just want to say farewell. Just want to hope you have a good week. John Ham will be with us next week. Thank you for listening. Adios, amigos.